Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio with the mailbag coming to you on March 27th. This is the first week of our two-episode main show endeavor here during Rona season. This is what we're doing over at Reign of Troy Radio. I'm your host, Mike Castillo. Join along with my co-host, filling in for our friend, Alicia Daratola, is Jake Merrifield from the What's Bruin Show. Jake, welcome to the I show. I despise UCLA. Hello. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. It is good to have you. We're, we're glad to have you. Uh, Alicia is um, spending time with her family right now. Some some things are a little bit more important than a mailbag episode. We give, That's right. We give her our love, and uh, she'll be back as soon as she possibly can the show must go on and we got a bunch of mailbag questions there's nobody else who is better suited to answer off-topic mailbag questions of which there are some than our pal jake so glad to have you here yeah i will take that compliment and uh i I think as well suited as i am to answer off-topic stuff we'll see how suited i am to answer the on-topic stuff Uh, i could barely think of you know, uh, answering questions about UCLA football at this point, let alone USC. But uh, let's 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 give it a old college try. All right, we'll see how this goes. Uh, again, this is a new endeavor during uh, this whole wacky off season. We're going to do main shows on Tuesdays, mailbags over on Fridays, and then still two things per week over on Patreon. That's a total of four things: two on the free side, two on Patreon. On Patreon, you can always join. Get all of our bonus content for five fifty-five a month. For three thirty-three, you get all of our main shows 
ad-free. For five fifty-five, you get all of our bonus episodes and the main shows ad-free. And for ten bucks, you get to join our Slack channel. And Jake, you are in that Slack channel. You participate from time to time. How would you describe the the vibe of that Slack channel? Oh, that Slack channel is the envy of the What's Bruin show, let me tell you, because we have our Slack channel, and there's like, you know, four of us on there. And it's fun. You know, there's a couple, it's it's a very tight knit. But uh, your Slack channel is alive, flourishing, um, lots of great, uh, you know, uh, different comments from different uh, Trojans. I sometimes will get on there and uh, mildly troll y'all a little bit or let you guys uh, yell at me a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's a blast. I love your Slack channel, and I'm honored to be on it. Good. I'm, I'm glad that, that you're honored, and I'm glad that you're envious. That, that's always good. And by the way, for your listeners, if, you know, because I will admit I don't moderate moderate, uh, as much as you do, of course, but if I ever get uh, called out on there, I immediately go to it and will answer anything. So uh, I'll put that out for any of your listeners that are on the Slack channel. Just feel free if you have have something that you want to yell at me about or something stupid I've said or you want to ask me a question, just just at me on there. That's how it works, right? Uh, And uh, it pops up my phone and then I will hop on there uh, immediately. Yeah, just tell them how you feel about how weird it is to uh, to walk into a fast food place with your own cup. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's uh, that's the thing that's hurt me most about this coronavirus is the lack of uh, refillability. That's that's really hurt me. Yeah, it's big time. I, I think that's Very a you about that. It's a you problem, Jake. But anyways, you're probably right. Anyways, if you want to join our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RainOfTroys, where you can join us. But let's get into this mailbag. We'll be right back and dive in. You've got mail. All right, Jake, let's do this. First question comes from Evan on Twitter, and he includes Alicia, and unfortunately, Alicia's not here. He says, Alicia said before that it looks like USC might have eight wins on the table, so what is their ceiling? I predict nine and three, but I think their ceiling is 11 and one. Uh, Jake, this is one of those interesting things where we're talking about, you know, what a ceiling and a floor is and what is reality. Um, I, I, I think the ceiling is yeah. 11 and one, the floor is probably what six and six, but the reality is still eight and four, nine and three, right? Like the reality is probably strongly in the middle there. No, I think that's uh, absolutely true. And especially you look at all the uncertainties, uh, that that are going on in the PAC 12 and especially, you know, the PAC 12 South. And you'd have to say probably the team that has the best chance of turning in a very good season in the South has to be the Trojans just based on what they're bringing back. I know the Trojan fans are hoping for an upgrade on the defensive side of the ball too. And then as far as the, you know, as far as what their, their floor would be, I mean, there's only so many of these games that they're going to lose. You know, they're, they're certainly, I can't imagine they lose more than, than half of them in a worst case scenario, even if it is the worst case scenario. So I think that's, that's pretty darn fair Um, where I would peg them, you know, kind of personally, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, I think I, I'm pretty sure that um, uh, the, the the fan that tweeted with, was saying that that one, that one loss would be the opening loss to Alabama, I imagine. Uh, you agree with yeah. that one, Michael? Yeah. And then beyond that, I mean, obviously, and I'm, I, I'll never concede it, you know, UCLA, Notre Dame, your rivalry games, you're always going to expect tough games in those uh, uh, to, to not expect a tough game in your rivalry games would be, I think, a little, uh, you know, that'd be a little foolish. You know, they could drop one or two of those. Uh, and then you look at the, the Oregon game, it's at Oregon. Uh, you know, so I mean, you guys know the schedule better than I do at this point. At Utah, um, but other than yeah, at, at Utah, but I mean, I'm not super convinced that Utah is. They lose be, everybody. You know, they lose everybody. So I mean, that might not be as daunting as it usually is. I mean, this would be a good year to go to Utah, right? You'd rather you'd rather go to Utah this year than having to go there last year. Yep. Uh, like the Bruins did. Um. So yeah. So 
you know, just, I think just based on the last few years under Helton is they probably won't overachieve. Um, but they probably won't underachieve as much as everybody kind of expects them to underachieve when they are trying to call out Helton, if that makes any sense. So I think, you know, that eight or nine wins is probably right there. Yeah. I think it's somewhere in the middle there. I think this team won eight regular season games last year. They should be no worse than that team last year. They should be at least as good as they were last year. Um, I think they can repeat that eight wins uh, and potentially win a couple more because if they improve, if the offense gets better, if the defense just improves slightly, uh, you know, there were games last year that, that they that they lost that things can completely change and they can, they can turn those things around when you look at the games that they lost last year, uh, especially early on in the season, like Washington. Um, so... Yeah, I think they can they right now I would say this is a nine nine win team, eight nine wins. Uh with the ability to go eleven and one, I surely would not bet on that, and I wouldn't bet on them going six and six either. Those are just I, possible, but it's like we're talking like one percent possible. The thing that sticks out to me about the schedule, Michael, just looking at it, is that this is a schedule set up to either, you know, be the, you know, you would hope the final nails in the coffin of Clay Helton. I know that a lot of Trojan fans are hoping for that. Or it could be the the season the the schedule that's set up to allow Clay Helton to once again uh you know uh, salvage another another shot to go go into the into the future. Because when you look right. at your back end of your schedule as at Oregon, Washington, those are you know, probably two of the better teams of the Pac-12, if not the best teams, along with uh, the Trojans expected to be, and then a double rivalry game. I mean, if Helton does well in that final stretch of four games, then it's you know, then then that creates the excuses that USC needs to retain him. And if he does poorly, then there really is no excuse for for the failure there. So I mean, there there's there's not a whole lot of you know middle ground there the way that season ends. So that could either, from Helton's perspective, uh, end dramatically great or dramatically uh, horribly depending on how that rolls out for sure that november is going to be do or die and i think the other thing is that november is so difficult i i don't think there's any shame in going three and one in that november but you can absolutely look at it with knowing what you know about clay helton and about the situation the last few seasons if they don't go four and oh there's absolutely grounds to be like well you had your shot you didn't but who knows i mean we may get to november and those teams aren't any good Look at 2016. We talked about how 2016 was going to have a, a brutal stretch uh, in November when SC played Oregon and then went at Washington and then ended up with UCLA and Notre Dame. Same four teams, right? And Oregon went, uh, what was it, three and nine? Uh, Washington was a playoff team and SC beat Washington, but UCLA went four and four and eight that year and so did Notre Dame. So, it, it was one of those situations where those teams weren't as good as we thought they were on the schedule. Anything can happen. SC can be better or worse. Uh, either way, I think this, the ceiling, to answer Evan's question, is 11-1. I just wouldn't. That That's everything going right. And I, I just don't see everything going 100% right just because that's that's difficult. That, that Going 11-1 is really hard when you, when you play Alabama during your season. Uh, let's go to an email we got from Yonatan who says, Hey, guys, for the 2020 season, can an argument be made for Keaton Slovis being the third best quarterback in the country? Jake, I'm looking forward to your thoughts on this because, you know, in doing some research and just thinking about it, it's very easy to say Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are one and two. In any order, whatever you want to call it, those guys are the best two quarterbacks in the country, bar none. Right? You agree? Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. But no, after, fair. after them, 
there's a bunch of quarterbacks who I think are all in the same kind of tier. And I think that, yeah, I think like Jonathan asked, I, I think you can throw Keaton into this group. Your, your Brock Purdy's, your Ian Books, your Sam Ellinger's, your Sam Howell's, your Shane Michelle's, all those guys have the ability to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country and take the next step forward and being, you know, a Heisman contender and all that stuff, uh, especially when you look at guys like Ian Book and Sam Ellinger who are going to get, you know, featured on prominent teams like Notre Dame and Texas, uh, you know, Keaton Slovis at SC, so... I think you can make an argument that, that Keaton Slovis could be the third. I would just hold back on that to say he's part of a group in which any of those guys can be the third. I don't think there's a definitive number three right now. I don't think there will be until maybe the end of the season because those dudes are all the same. They're all on the same level. They're all very good. They all have ceilings where they can still grow. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But we're going to learn a lot this upcoming season, if it's ultimately played, about where those guys land. Either way, one and two, it's Fields and, Fields and Lawrence in either uh, order. No, no, I think that's totally fair, Michael. And I like the way that you put that as far as like having the top two and then having the rest in a group because, yeah, it really is, you know, and, and you know, even when you look, you know, statistically, um, you know, even though uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't high up there on the statistic list, obviously he is the best player on one of the best teams in college football the, right. the last few years. And so, you know, so the, all, you know, those arguments got out the window there. But um, yeah, I, I think that, I think that if you ask the question before the season, I don't think you can definitively put Slovis as a top three quarterback you know uh, b- but certainly he's in the mix to be a top 10 quarterback for sure and um you know if you ask it at the end of the season well then uh, now all that stuff becomes moot, moot and then all because now he's a he's a player that's got two years under his belt and you kind of really know who who he is but for right now i think that's a really good assessment as far as like we know the know the top two and then the rest are just kind of in, in in the cloud up there so to speak uh and you know it, it really is kind of interesting now my question to you um i heard this on a national uh, radio show or a national pod the other day. And that was, is that um, the, the host was saying that JT Daniels is the second best quarterback in the PAC 12. Where did Trojan fans land on that? Cause I'm real curious about that. I, I thought that was a little hyperbole, but then again, this particular host has been known to be on JT's, uh, you know, uh, more delicates. If, if you know what I mean? I don't understand the, the thought process of assuming that JT is going to start. Yeah, and I don't even know if he's assuming he's going to start, but he just said he was the second-best quarterback in the Pac-12 at this point. I mean, if JT starts and ends up being the starter, I think you can probably make that argument. Based on everything that we know in the Pac-12, Justin Herbert's gone, Tyler Huntley is gone, uh, Andrew Gordon is gone. All these guys have graduated. Yeah. Um, KJ Costello moved to the SEC, right? So I, I don't have a problem with that assertion. If he's the best quarterback at USC, we don't know that he's the best quarterback at USC because right now Keaton Slovis looks really damn good and I can't see Keaton not winning any sort of competition and starting in week one. So yeah, I I don't think it's crazy to say that if JT wins the job. Now, if, if you want to get super meta and say, well, Keaton's the best and then, you know, JT is number two. Uh, I, I think that's probably being a little full of it there, but I, I guess you could make that's, that argument. But even then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that at all either. That's the argument that he was making, and I thought that was a little bit of hyperbole. So you know, I, I you know, I think, uh, I think we could give you Slovis as the best returning quarterback, or at least in the argument to be uh, number one. Actually, 
I mean, you know, I mean, what, who are you arguing against? Like Jaden Daniels? I don't. I, Jaden Daniels would be that. the next guy, but I think Jaden Jaden Daniels yeah. still has to take another step forward. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think you def- you can definitively say that Slovis is the best returning quarterback at this point. So yeah. you know, so so yeah, so, so that's the kind of the winky argument that's that's being made there. But I I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that's. I think that's that's somebody from across the country kind of uh, saying what they that what they they think they know about you know somebody down here in in the in in California. Yeah, when you think of all the guys that are gone, it's interesting to to think that Gordon is gone, Herbert is gone, Easton is gone, Huntley is gone, Montez is gone, Costello is gone. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Khalil Tate is gone. All these dudes are gone, right? Is is DTR the third best quarterback in the conference? Now, you know, if you're asking me, I would say yeah. I would say he absolutely. Has to be, he right? Is. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I could understand how someone would would take him down a notch because he has been wildly up and down, but then again, that's the point that we're making, right? right. When I look at who's slated to be quarterbacks uh for some of the teams in the Pac-12 this year, and I'm like, I who the it's like in major league who are, who are these guys, you know, uh, Tyler Little, Tristan Gibbia, you know, these are, these are guys that I, I really don't know too much about Jacob right. Sermon, you know, it's like, whoa. I, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to, you know, DTR just by default is in the top half. And if you like what he's done in you know, in, in his high moments, then you probably inch him up there a little bit closer to the, to the top third for sure. But it's going to, it's going to come down to systems and development and all that stuff because who knows? Maybe Grant Gannell ends up being that guy uh, over in Arizona yeah, or what, no, or what sure. have you. But it's all for early. Sure. and It's all definitely early. Uh, let's get an email from, we got from Joel. Hey, Alicia and Michael, love your guys' show. So funny. I love optimistic Alicia. I, I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic Alicia. There we go. I, I wish she was here to listen to it. Uh, thanks for, kill, for, for liking my tweet the other day. Here's a tweet in response to an argument about North Texas quarterback Mason Fine and Keaton Slovis. I said, quote, Fine was older, 20 and 21 years old during his sophomore and junior seasons, and passed for 4,3700 yards. Slovis was an 18-year-old true freshman who passed for 3,500 yards. Uh, Fine had 511 attempts and 469 passing attempts. Slovis only had 392 and played a much tougher schedule. Um, And it goes on with a whole bunch of more stats. Uh, Joel continues and says, What I found funny is that the guy wanted to compare Slovis and Fine under Graham Harrell's air raid. Why didn't he bring up Fine's freshman year in year one in the air raid and compare that to Keaton Slovis's freshman year one in the air raid and not Mason Fine's sophomore and junior seasons? Mason Fine's freshman season numbers in year one were he threw for 1,572 passing yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions, with a completion percentage of 59.4. Keaton Slovis... Threw for 3,500 yards, 71.9% completions, 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. There's simply no comparison between Slovis and Fines year one in the air raid, regardless of the difficulty of schedule or talent surrounding the quarterback position. The Twitter guy was trying to draw a parallel between Fine and Slovis that they had, quote, similar numbers under Harrell, but he failed to mention that the numbers he brought up on Twitter were Mason Fine's numbers in year two and three. Plus, anyone who saw Slovis play last year knows he made crazy throws that had nothing to do with the air raid. Oh, by the way, Fine was 19 years old as a freshman, 
whereas Slovis was 18, and I checked their birthdays. The birthdays are only eight days apart, so Fine was almost a full year older as a freshman than Slovis. I mean, it's really obvious Slovis has greatness to him and absolutely nothing that has nothing to do with the air raid. I can't wait to see his progress from year one to year two. And can I ask for a favor? Can I get a follow back on Twitter? Sincerely, Joel. Uh, Joel, we did follow you back. Uh, I appreciate all the thought about this and the nerding out about Mason Fine and Keaton Slovis. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I see the value in looking at, you know, what the offense can look like when it's running at, at you know, max capacity um, with Fine's older seasons versus Keaton Slovis's one season last year. I eat the value in that comparison, but you're spot on. If we're comparing strictly Fine to Slovis, then Slovis was way ahead of where Fine was. If we're comparing what a quarterback can be in the system, that's a different question. And then they're on similar levels because that's what the offense provides the opportunities for the quarterback. No, I think that's totally fair. And, you know, I'm just kind of quickly kind of going and looking at these numbers after you read them all. And, and yeah, I, I think that makes total sense. Um, you can also make the case that, you know, uh, but, you know, fine in those years. I, I know this is the argument that the, that the guy was making on Twitter, but I mean, Slovis compares favorably, it seems like, to pretty much any comparison you make amongst those, those teams and those numbers. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems like uh, Trojan fans should be, uh, you know, even though they're not thrilled about the, the state of the team, the coaching staff, all, a, a lot, you know, the administration, all these things, um, you know, the one thing that Trojan fans can always kind of fall back on uh, is, oh, yeah, we got some pretty good players that, that we can get behind. And sadly, uh, we used to be able to say that to, a, to at least a, a slightly lesser degree at UCLA. Right now, it doesn't even seem like we have that. Very sad. Sad face Jake over here. <laughs> Pessimistic Jake out in full force. Full force. Uh, anyways, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and answer some more questions, including what the coronavirus is going to do to USC football in the 2020 season. Gulp. I'm scared. Yikes. You've got mail. All right, we got a tweet from CK2. What's the outlook for NCAA football actually starting the season on time? With the COVID-19 pandemic causing havoc, and how has season ticket sales gone compared to other previous seasons? Uh, the ticket sales stuff is interesting because I don't know that we're ever going to know those numbers. USC doesn't share those numbers. So you're just going to have to take whatever offhand comment you ever hear from Mike Bone or Brandon Sosna or, or Tim Tesselone or what have you. Uh, so I don't think we're ever going to get those actual numbers to be able to know that. that that's stuff that those guys don't really necessarily share um in, unless it's going to be like super positive obviously um but uh in terms of starting the season on time i don't know i, I don't know where we're at um i i think it's a bit presumptive to say right now that the season would be canceled or not happen uh on, on thursday uh kirk herbstreet was on espn radio and he said he just can't imagine the, a season being played right now I think it's easy to, to have that outlook when we look at it from the perspective that we're at now when so many states are on lockdown, but we don't know what that's going to be like in five months when it's football season. Like there, There's a long time between now and then. Um, I think there's so much time for things to change, so much time for more information, so much time for us to know just how serious uh, this is in terms of longevity of how long 
We have to follow a stay-at-home stay, stay order. How long until we flatten the curve, if at all? How long? Any of those kind of things. Um, it's going to take some time. And the other thing you have to worry about, and, and we saw this you know, 100 years ago in 1918, the, uh, there was a second wave of the influenza outbreak and pandemic in 1918, the Spanish flu, where it was strong in the winter, kind of went away in the summer, came back in the fall, and it affected college football seasons. Uh, USC, as we talked about it you know, last week, pushed, had to push the season back a little bit. So it altered things. That could be a, a thing where the second wave comes through and maybe, maybe baseball season happens, right? Um, but football doesn't because of a second wave. Those are just things that we just don't know right now. And I don't think we're going to know for a while. No, I think that's all very fair. And, you know, number one, addressing the, you know, the season tickets and that, um, you know, I, I'm a UCLA season ticket holder and I'm also a Lakers season ticket holder. And it's kind of weird because the Lakers have just kind of put everything on hold. You know, we kind of put a pin in the tickets that you still own that haven't been played yet that, and, you know, the playoffs and all that stuff. And I would just say, like, if you are uh, someone who likes to go to games, you, and you know you can afford to do it. Obviously, that's a big concern. Um, you know when we have so many things shut down too. But if you can still afford to do it, I would still buy the seats that you know you're going to want to go to because if they're played, you got them. And if they're not played, well, then you know they're going to have some sort of system to recompense you for that. Yeah, exactly. And Mike Bone did release a letter to to USC football fans on Friday, and he said, for those who have yet to renew your tickets, we've extended the 2020 football season ticket renewal deadline to May 13th. For those currently on season ticket payment plans, we will delay processing the next installment until Friday, July 24th. We recognize that you're facing the same uncertainty in your life as we are, so it's important to us that you do not worry about losing your tickets or making season ticket payments if you're not in a position to do so at this time. We greatly appreciate your patience, understanding, and commitment. Uh, Good on SC for, for not taking people's money right now. Um, in a time of need, well, it's, it's hitting everybody, right? Like every single industry, uh, with the exception of like zoom and fast food is being decimated by this thing. Right. So, um, it's, it's hurting everybody right now. And so good on USC to recognize that, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, given the way things went down last year with Clay Houghton coming back, um, it, it certainly could behoove SC to, wait on that renewal deadline and push it back and, and all that kind of stuff, because maybe the renewals are down. We just are never going to know the actual numbers. You know, and, and just uh, from a UCLA standpoint, um, I'm going to renew my tickets uh, for sure. Uh, and that's because, you know, if they do start playing games again in the fall, but even if there is a, a threat of coronavirus still, I mean, I can't think of a safer place to be than, than Rose Bowl free play football based on last year. Uh, it's probably going to be safe for the supermarket as far as like population density. Let empty seats get it. Haha. Uh-huh. Well, did, did you see the picture of uh, the, the cover of Sports Illustrated? Uh, I didn't see it yet. What was it? I think it was from a UCLA game. It was just a big section of empty seats. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I've got a bunch of questions from LA Fred. First one. Have you had any chance to buy toilet paper during this period? You know, Michael, I uh, am surprised. Uh, I, I kind of surprised myself at how emergency prepared I was kind of by accident because I do like to shop at Costco pretty frequently. So I know when uh, the first panic kind of broke out, I was well stocked with uh, all the paper supplies I needed. I'm still well stocked 
Um, you know, I, I could, you know, we could probably buy another case or something right now, but we're, we're not in any danger running out, uh, as well as, you know, just kind of like the food stores and all that stuff. You know, you've been to the pad, you know, we have the, you know, we, we, we have, we always are ready to entertain. So, and we're not entertaining right now, but we certainly have plenty to, to fall back on, which has it been, it's been, uh, fortunate for, been fortunate for that. Yeah. Good on you, you for that. Uh, I like to buy, uh, toilet paper in bulk because I don't like buying toilet paper. Uh, so back home in Arizona, I have a bunch, but I'm not in Arizona <laughs> right now. I'm in LA and things have been hard to come by because my parents like to wait on buying toilet paper until you're down to like the last roll or two, uh, which has <laughs> not been fun. So, uh, there was a time last week when my mom literally spent an afternoon researching on YouTube alternatives to toilet paper. Oh my gosh. That's a scary thought. Now I am a proponent of bidets. As the owner of a bidet, I could say it's a good way to live. I'll tell you, but I mean, you still need some paper from time to time, not to get too in, you know deep into this. But but Jake, I, I learned something that I didn't What'd need to know. Do you know what family cloth is? Oh, I don't want to know, but please tell me. Apparently, family cloth is reusable toilet paper, and why it's called family cloth, I have no idea. I do not want to use anybody's family cloth. It sounds a little too sacred for me. Um, it sounds like uh, yeah, reusable diapers. That's something else that our parents know about that, that you know, thankfully yeah. passed us by. Yeah, thankfully indeed. But it's basically like you take all of your flannel shirts and you cut them into little squares and you reuse them as teepee. I can't imagine. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a good thing. Now, like I, I've seen how like I watched this video with my mom. So like I, I saw how they cleaned them and everything. And I understand the argument for it. But my God, the idea of like using something called family cloth. No, no. I'd rather there's take no a shower there's, there's, and there's, clean up that way. Living in, uh, yeah, living where, where we live, uh, you know, and, and being part of civilization, there's no room for a family cloth. I'm pretty sure. Now, Michael, <laughs> I am curious. Why are you, why do you not like to buy toilet paper, you know, at, at the market or whatever? Is that, there's no embarrassment there, right? I mean, everybody uses toilet paper, Michael. I don't like Walking through a grocery store with uh, a big old thing of toilet paper. Okay, I mean, it, you know, people I look say, at that, I mean, and people look at the, at that, and the first thing they think about is they see the person and they see the toilet paper and they think of how that's being used. I don't think that's true at all, Michael. I, I think, think that it that is all true. Someone it would think. I think it, all someone would think is is that oh, gee whiz, there's someone buying toilet paper. Oh. Maybe I need toilet paper. But they That's all could they're going to think. think that. They could think that. And so I'd yes, rather just order it online like a sane person. Yeah, you are a crazy person. You know what? There's nothing. That's that's my biggest regret about uh, the coronavirus, other than obviously the the effect it's having on on the economy and people's lives and all that stuff. My 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 first giant like you know kind of uh, fake regret, I guess, or my 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 indulgent regret is that this is indulging all of your worst like practices and 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 things that, that the way that you carry your life that we're trying to coax you out of what are you, you know, talking trying to about be part of society trying to go out there and say hi to people going out you know walking into places when you're when you're buying your food and things actually engaging in society and this is allowing you to indulge in all your 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 worst habits michael this is not good hey i'm telling you dude <laughs> going like if i'm gonna go to mcdonald's why and, and i'm gonna not eat there why would i ever need to walk in Drive through like a sane the, person. Just say hi to the people in your community, man. Come on. You're, you're part of that fabric. Go in. Say hello. <laughs> part of that fabric. Uh, the, the, the part of that yeah, family, the family cloth. cloth fabric. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah. No. Well played. I, I practice social distancing twenty four seven. And you have you have as long as I've known you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but head of the curve. To, to go back to uh, to LA Fred's question. Uh, yeah, my 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 mom and dad got toilet paper over the weekend. Uh, they went to the grocery store like at the the crack of dawn. Literally, no pun intended there. Um, and. They got toilet paper because somebody had taken like seven packs and had A-holes. to be told by the workers that they could only buy one. And so that that person was walking around giving them to people who didn't have it. And so my mom oh, was funny. fortunate enough to be one of those people. That's funny. Well, good for her. Yeah. So we got TP. Uh, no family cloth over here. Uh, Ellie Fred's next question. What's the best TV show or movie that you have started watching during the uh, pandemic? Absolutely. Without a doubt. It's Babylon Berlin, and huh, it's on okay. Netflix, and it's a German. Uh, I I I don't think I had told you uh, last time, but but I was watching another German show called Dark, and that was really like a super mind bender sort of like weird show. Uh, but uh, Babylon Berlin is a post World War One uh, rise of the Third Reich sort of show, but it's it's much more than that as far as like what the characters doing and, and all the weirdness involved. But it's a it's a German show. It's dubbed. Which I don't have a problem with. I, I heard you might have a problem with that, but but it's very watchable. It's very good. It's it's awesome. And apparently, it's based on a book series that's kind of like Game of Thrones or Harry Pottery in that it's like each book was one year, uh, covering one year leading up to the rise of of Hitler and and how it all went so wrong. You know, the Germans going from having a democracy coming out of World War One into uh, you know into 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 fascism and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, super compelling, super fun, super great characters, and uh, it's it's very adult. I'll just say that uh, you can take from that what you will but it's a, it's a blast i'm not sure i would say that it would be fun by the way you have to watch the show because well just imagine it's a show and, and this is taking place well like hitler's not anywhere near this show at this point like just gotcha. barely in season two you starts you start seeing some nazis walking around but it really is uh, uh, a show about like a 1920s you know, society. So think about the roaring twenties in America. And there's a right. lot of that element to this show. And it's talking about it's the transformation from that into fascism, but we're not gotcha. very far along that right rail. So all I'm saying is it's a very entertaining show and it's very, very strange, uh, but it's, it's, it's very cool. So Babylon Berlin on Netflix. Yeah. For, for me, I've wanted to start binging something. I just haven't yet. I wanted to get into better call Saul. Um, because I'm so into breaking bad last year. I've been to, I've been to it all super late. Uh, I'm going to end up one. binging Better Call Saul super late because I kind of want these series to be over. I don't think the series is over, right? So I want the series to be completely over. I don't want to have to wait week to week. Uh, so I might still hold off on Better Call Saul, but maybe not. Uh, my parents are starting to watch Breaking Bad. Uh, and since I'm quarantining with my parents, uh, that's been fun because I've been watching some season one of Breaking Bad, which is a great season. Uh, one of the better seasons of Breaking Bad. Season one. And then the last three, season two is probably the worst season. That's, R- I mean, that's a good show. Worst. If you're going to watch a show over again, I mean, you can't go wrong with Breaking Bad. I'm, I'm watching something I've been binging again is uh, Peaky Blinders. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. There you uh, go. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, Better Call Saul is definitely a good one. I, you know, you're, you're very impatient. I don't get the whole, you want to wait for the whole thing to be done before you start it. You know, it's part of the, you know, the serialization uh, that you get from having to wait every week. You know, kind of lets it lay out. I always like watching a show that takes a long, you know, that we have to wait a week to watch it again. And then you go back and watch it back to back to back. If you have right. the time, of course, um, that's always a, a fun, different experience. But as far as a uh, better call Saul goes, 
uh, that's a that's a really it's cool like Breaking Bad, much funnier. Uh, there's some dark moments, but not nearly as dark as Breaking Bad gets. And there's a lot of great talk about uh, pies. Uh, just wait till you get to the part about pies, Michael. It's going to blow your mind. All right, I, I will get ready for that. Uh, in terms of movies, though, I've been watching some movies. I, I watched uh, Knives Out, which I thought was great. Love um, that movie. And just this past weekend, I watched Uncut Gems. Oh, I haven't seen that. Was that any good? Fantastic. The uh, the last 30 minutes to an hour is a roller coaster. It is incredible. All right. Well, I'll have to get a hold of that. Highly recommend. Uh, and, and I say this as someone who can't stand Adam Sandler. Like, I don't find him remotely funny. I've never liked any of his movies. Uh, I don't understand the appeal of him um, as a comedian. It's just not for me. But him but like as, as a serious actor in this role, he's fantastic. All right. Well, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Do 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 that. Uh, LA Fred's next question. What is the thing you miss most being able not to, not being able to do uh, during the stay at home order? Uh, is it walk into McDonald's? Is, is that what it is for, for you, Jake? Oh, not McDonald's. Certainly it's walking into In-N-Out. Uh, absolutely positively. And now Close when enough. I do go to In-N-Out, I have to go right at right when it opens at 10, which I was normally going between 10 and 11 anyway, but now I have to get there that early. So that way the drive through doesn't become like, you know, 50 cars long. And then, uh, you know, then I really feel like a dickhead, you know, waiting, uh, 20 minutes in line to get a, get a diet Coke or something. That's, that's terrible. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's definitely walking into the places and engaging with the people I normally engage with. Uh, Michael, I know it's some, uh, totally foreign concept to you, but, uh, yeah. It's a luxury. What about you, Michael. It's a luxury it a- that now everybody has to be able to <laughs> Not talk to other humans. It's great. I love it. I mean, I obviously wish we didn't have to do this, but uh, the the thing that I'm missing most probably going into work, I, ah. you know, working from home, my, my day job, we work from home two days a week, which is unheard of for a lot of companies. Right. And yeah. Um, when, when any, anytime I say that people are like two days a week, what? Um, but it's made it easier to transition to work from home because we're just so accustomed to working from home. But at the same point, I'm ready to go into the office. Um, I, I can't work from home anymore. I'm tired of it. Put me back no, in the I, office. You know, you know, I, uh, definitely get you. I'm, I'm, you know, I work in an industry where we haven't shut down at all. We're still, I still am going to work, but it's kind of a weird thing where my normal thing I do, I'm not actually doing. And so I'm kind of in like this weird perpetual standby mode. And, uh, you know, uh, so that is kind of a weird thing, but, uh, I, my, but my gig is sort of like you, Michael, and that I have, you know, I have, a, a you know, a weird amount of sort of autonomy and, and, you know, not autonomy, but I mean like a lot of time where you kind of have to be kind of self-directed. And so in that way, my job hasn't changed a whole lot, but I'm not able to do the normal stuff that I do. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. Every, everything, everything's upside down for for everybody, um, we hope yeah. everything gets normalized as, uh, as as soon as possible, for for sure. Yeah, and, it, and that's the thing that I feel most fortunate about is that you know, as far as just my family is concerned, you know, we haven't been impacted by any of the financial stuff. Which you know, that's what I really feel uh, for you know, you know, the people that are out there uh, higher at risk of getting sick, and then the people that are higher at risk of you know losing something financially. That's that's just the the big tragedy of this whole thing. Those those two extremes. Yeah, one hundred percent. We hope everyone. Is staying safe, washing their hands, staying at home, and uh, keeping it easy. Uh, we're going to wrap it up right there. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure to send in your mailbag questions for next week. Email address, reignoftroyatfansire.com. Phone number, 213-373-1872. 
As always, you can join us on Patreon to get all of our bonus content. For as little as $5.55 a month, you get all of our bonus content. For only $3.33, you get to make sure all of our main episodes are ad-free. Patreon.com slash Reign of Troy is where you can do it. Um, Jake, thanks for filling in for Alicia. She's off doing more important things. Thanks. It was it was a blast. And we got to do a Takes with Jake over on Patreon really soon. I'm I'm honored and uh, I am always willing to step up. Uh, you know, if I'm able to, I will I will join the show whenever uh, you need me. And yeah, we need to get a takes with Jake in because we have to get to the bottom of this uh, Lyme situation that you've created. And uh, you just what, as usual, what is there to get a, to the bottom of? Lime is a trash person. fruit. That's, that's what it is. It, it's a trash the fact fruit. That have, the fact that you could have such a strong opinion about a fruit that is so inoffensive and it's adds delight to so many things. It doesn't that's add delight. It adds you know, it's a terrible garbage take. to everything it touches. It's a terrible take. It ruins everything. It does not. Margaritas are not. trash. You're crazy. Well, I don't particularly like margaritas, but uh, the, the wife, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Merrifield, would, would really have a problem with you with that one. Well, tell her that I don't like le- limes because I love lemons. The fact that you love lemons and hate limes, it just makes no sense. It's not like... Why? I don't know. It's lemons like, are it's great. Like, Lemonade. Lemon bars. Lemon look, cake. Look, I totally get it. You don't like broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Those are things I, that have like... What are you talking like, about? I love broccoli. So, it's my favorite vegetable. No, no, no. What I'm saying, if you had that take, like those are such strong, overpowering flavors. Or like something like cucumber. Like whatever you put cucumber in, it I like, like takes cucumbers. Over the, it takes over the flavor of no, whatever it's in. No, pickles take like, over whatever it is. Fine, pickles. But like lime is not that. It's that's such. A, it's yes, like it is. you know, hating strawberries or something. It's like it's it's just a totally inoffensive thing. Lime and is you take t- offense like, to it. You're a crazy person. People who sprinkle lime juice on chips. Completely ruins the damn chips. Oh, it's awesome. That's why Chipotle has the best. Chipotle ch- chips, chips are trash venues. because oh, they the taste like lime. Salty and limey. Oh, that's so good. Absolute garbage. You can't even get them because one bite it's just like it inundates you with that disgusting flavor. As with many things, Michael, I think you're in the minority opinion on this one. No, and, I'm and not. It's okay. People will come to their senses. Lime is trash. Vote for me, 2024. My God, you're the king of hot food takes, and that is one of your your hottest and stinkiest. Whatever. Get off the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me. All right. Until next time, we'll see you. Go Bruins. All right. See See you. See you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.